Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. <clears throat> if you watched this show some months ago, I gave you a quiz on your God knowledge. And I want to do part two. What I want to do on this program is to ask you eight yes or no questions and just see how you're doing. And I hope we will learn as we go through this. So let, let's just open this prayer. <clears throat> Father, we don't believe anybody has tuned into this show by accident, that there's a reason they're watching this show. And Lord, we would pray that for every person watching, you will deep us, deepen our knowledge of you now. Help us trust you more. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Eight questions. Question number one, true or false? Christians believe in three gods. Is that true or false? The answer is false. We believe in one God in three persons. I was talking to a Muslim taxi driver and I explained to him, you Muslims think we Christians believe in three gods. We don't believe in three gods. We believe in only one God in three persons. Jesus' last words on earth were, go disciples and baptize in the name, singular, of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, indicating there's only one singular God, but in God are three distinct persons. <clears throat> I remember I was at a service and the pastor got up and he prayed, thank you God the Father for dying on the cross for our sins. And I kind of took him aside afterwards and I said, do you know that you're guilty of patripassionism? That's the ancient heresy that God the Father died on the cross. God the Father did not die on the cross. God the Son, Jesus, died on the cross. And I know this is confusing, but the teaching of the Bible is there's only one God. In God are three distinct persons. They are distinct from one another, even though they're one God. Question number two, true or false? Muslims, Jews, and Christians believe in one God. They are monotheists. Is that true or false? The answer is true. For instance, Hindus are polytheists. They believe in many gods. Mormons are polytheists. They believe in many gods. But Jews, Hindus, excuse me, Jews, Muslims, and Christians believe in one God. Next question, true or false, Muslims, Jews, and Christians believe in the same God. Is that true or false? I'm going to say that's false because Christians believe Jesus is God. Muslims do not believe Jesus is God. Jews do not believe Jesus is God. Christians believe in one God and three persons, the Trinity. Muslims reject the Trinity. Jews reject the Trinity. So we all believe in one God, but it's not the same one God. Next question, true or false? Jesus began existing when he was born in Bethlehem. That is false. 
John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. That's a reference not to the written Word, the Bible. It's, it's the living Word. Jesus is the Word in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. In the beginning, all things came into being through him. So Jesus has always existed. Once upon a time, there was a king who lived on the mountain. He was an old king, but he loved his people at the foot of the mountain, but he couldn't visit them because he was so old. But this king was a great painter, and he painted a beautiful masterpiece, and he gave it to his servants. His servants took it down the mountain, showed it to all the people in town, hung it in the town hall, a gift from the king. They were all overjoyed. Some time passes, and the king writes a letter to his people on how he longs for them, loves them, is, is just thinking about them, wishes he could visit them. The servants brought the letter down, read it in the town square. People cried. It was so beautiful. But then finally one day came and the king said, I must go visit my people even if it kills me. And one servant on one arm, another servant on another, and the old king walked all the way down the mountain. People lined up, shook the king's hand, rejoiced to see him again, and he went back up the mountain. How does God show you that he loves you? He's done three things. Number one, he painted you a masterpiece. It's called the creation. You look at the stars, the mountains, the beauty of the world. The first thing God did to show his love for you is he made you this beautiful creation in which to live. Second thing he did to show you he loves you, he wrote you a letter. It's called the Bible. When you read the scriptures, you get to know who the king on the mountain is. You get to know God and his love for you. But you know the main thing God did to show you that he loves you? 2,000 years ago, he came down from heaven, he landed in a little manger, he became a human being, he walked on earth for about 33 years as a human being. That's the main thing God did to show you he loves you. So did Jesus begin existing in Bethlehem? No, that's when he got his human body, but Jesus is eternally God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, with the Father and the Spirit for all eternity. Next question, true or false? And if you watch this show a lot, you better get this one. <laughs> True or false, the way you get into heaven is by being good. That is false. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by God's grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not because of your works, your good works, lest any man should boast. In other words, you don't get to heaven by being good because you're not. We're sinners. And every other world religion basically teaches you get to heaven by being good. Christianity says you're not good. Give up on that. There's got to be a different way to be saved. And there is. The way to be saved is by what Jesus did on the cross. That's what saves us. Let's say that I'm from Omaha, which is about 320 miles from Minneapolis. Let's say you stand next to me. And we're going to see who can jump the furthest to Omaha. So I muster up all my strength, and I, I jump eight feet. And you muster up all your strength, and you jump ten feet. <laughs> For you to turn around and say, yeah, yeah, I'm closer to Omaha than you are, is so ridiculous, because we're still 320 miles short of Omaha. My point is, yeah, on human standards, 
one person might be better than the other. But in God's standards, we all fall so far short because we're so sinful. We need a Savior to get us into heaven, and that's why you need Christ. If you're not a believer, you need Christ to get you into heaven. You'll never be good enough. There's a, a movie from 1953 called The Wild One. Marlon Brando is a motorcycle gang member, and he and his motorcycle men are terrorizing a small town. Marlon Brando, in his black leather jacket, walks into the soda fountain, and here is a, a young woman behind the soda counter, and she says to him, what are you rebelling against? And his classic response, what do you got? <laughs> See, that is the problem with humankind. We're so rebellious. We don't even know we're rebellious. We sin in thought, word, and deed every way. Do you get to heaven by being good? No, you'll never be good enough. It's only through Christ and trusting in him and his death on the cross for our sins. That's what saves us. True or false? The Bible teaches the world will last forever. The answer to that is false. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away. My words will never pass away, but heaven and earth will pass away. In other words, there's a day coming. It's called the second coming of Christ. We'll hear trumpets. We'll look up. Jesus comes down in the clouds for every eye to see. He raises the dead. He judges everybody on earth. Those that trust him go to heaven. Those who reject him go to hell. Then this earth melts with fire. It doesn't last forever. True or false? Next question. Sex before marriage is okay if we truly love each other. As long as you're committed and love each other, it's okay to have sex before marriage. True or false? That is false. I mean, I have a relative who says she's a Christian. She's very liberal. She says in front of her teenage daughter to me, well, I don't think anything's wrong with sex before marriage. And I said to her, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, fornicators don't go to heaven. If you repent, you can be forgiven for it. But if you're living in it, you're not going to heaven. So, you know, I don't care if, if you're watching the show and you're having sex outside of marriage, that's not a tiny sin. Read 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. Unless you repent and turn to Christ, if you keep doing that and living in that, you're not going to heaven. And it's not just, just fornication, uh, drunkenness, it lists all these things. We need to repent when we sin. You can't live in it. Last question, true or false? You can't know for sure if you're going to heaven until you die. Is that true or false? The answer to that is false. 1 John 5.13, I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. It's, you can know, I mean, I'm a sinner, I deserve hell. I know I'm going to heaven because God promises me in John, 1 John 5.13, believe in Jesus, your sins are forgiven, you're going to heaven. The Bible says believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. It doesn't say you might be saved. It says believe and you will be saved and God will keep every promise of this book so I know I'm saved. Well, there's the quiz. How did you do? Well, let me, let me just share this. I've shared this on this program before, but it'll make my point. I get on the airplane. I always pray before I get on the plane. Lord, put me next to somebody if it's your will, and may the gospel come up. The plane takes off. I'm sitting next to a 12-year-old boy from Sarasota, Florida. His name is Matthew. We start to talk. 
finds out I'm a preacher. I said, Matthew, do you go to church? Yes, First Baptist Church of Sarasota, Florida. I said, good. I said, can I ask you what they teach you at that church? And he said, okay. And I said, well, Matthew, do you know what the Trinity is? He said, I've never heard of the Trinity. So I explained one God and three persons. He knew Jesus was God, but he didn't know about the Trinity. So I said, well, uh, let me ask you another question. Do you know how the world's going to end? I didn't know it was going to end. So I explained the second coming, comes down on the clouds, raises the dead. And, uh, well, he hadn't heard this. And so I, I said to him, let me ask you the big question. <laughs> Let's say something happens to the engine of this plane and all of us go down in flames in five minutes. We all die. Do you know where you're going to go? And I remember he got kind of quiet. And then he finally said, I don't know where I'm going. So I explained the gospel. Matthew, we're all sinners. We deserve God's wrath and hell. But God loved us so much. He became a human, lived the perfect life we couldn't, so he could go to the cross to die for our sins. He rose from the dead. The Bible promises you, if you believe in Jesus, you can know for sure you're going to heaven. Well, uh, we talked about other things. Before the plane landed, he brought it up again. He said, I want to make sure I got this. You don't have to die to find out where you're going to go. You can know now. And I said, bingo. <laughs> Believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. <sighs> where are you at? Do you know for sure where you're going to spend eternity? You know, I'll close with this story. I've told you before, I love this story. Here's a mother who knows where she's going. She's a Christian lady. She's dying in the hospital. Her sons are around her bed. She calls one son to her side and she says, Andrew, in my Bible at home are my final instructions. You're the responsible one in the family. I know I can trust you to carry them out. Bend down and kiss mother goodnight. She called her next son to her side. Glenn, you and your wife have taken me into your home these last six months, tried to nurse me to health. You've been so loving. I so appreciate what you've done. Bend down and kiss mother goodnight. She calls her next son to her side and she says, Luke, you're the baby of the family. You've always been the closest to mother. Now you'll have to go it alone. I believe in you. I know you can. Bend down and kiss mother goodnight. There was one more son, very finely dressed, a bit of a distance from the rest, and she called him to her side. Jeffrey, Mother knows who's paid all the medical bills, given her this, the best medical care on earth. I'm so appreciative of what you've tried to do. Bend down and kiss mother goodbye. And as he's bending down to kiss her, it occurs to him what she said. Mother, why do you say goodnight to my brothers, but goodbye to me? Well, Jeffrey, I will see your brothers again. But I have told you time and time how to have eternal life. You never had time to listen. I will never see your face again. And the story goes, he took her hand and said, Mother, tell me one more time. And she told him how Jesus Christ left his throne in heaven to come to earth to pay for the sins of guilty men and women and all who believe in the Lord Jesus will be saved. And he took her hand and said, Mother, I do believe, I do believe. And she said, bend down and kiss mother good night. Do you know where you're going to go? 
That's a big deal. It's important. Take out your Bible. Read it over and over again. 1 John 5.13. Not the Gospel of John. Way back by the end. 1 John 5.13. I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I talked to a, here's a 95-year-old woman, not sure, Christian woman, but wondering if God has forgiven her sins. And I, and I said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, in Christ we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Trust in Christ, believe in him. You are forgiven and you are saved, but only through him. There's our quiz. Hope you did well. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with Him. If you have a question you'd like Pastor Brock to discuss on a future show, you can go to our website, which you'll see at the end of the show, and send the question to him, or we'd be glad to have you mail it in to us. Either way, and we'll try to answer it on another program. So, Tom, let's start with this. We're going to go through some of these things you've talked about. Mm -hmm. What is Arianism? Mm -hmm. Well, the first quiz was about the Trinity, one God and three persons. There was a heretic in the church in 325 AD by the name of Arius, a false teacher, teaching there is no Trinity, Jesus is not God. That's what the Jehovah's Witnesses today teach. And all the bishops came together and condemned, they didn't kill him, but they condemned his teaching because the Bible teaches one God and three persons. Again, Jesus' last words on earth, Matthew chapter 28, Disciples go baptized in the name singular of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So uh, that's Arianism. Okay, how about doceticism? Yeah, it's called docetism. Schism. And dakeo is a Greek word, means to seem like. And the, this, er, this was an error in the early church. Some were teaching Jesus looked like a, a man, he seemed like a man, but we know God would never really become a man. And the early church said, no, that's a heresy because... Um, if Jesus didn't become a man, then he couldn't pay for man's sins. So the early church taught, and this is biblical, Jesus is fully God and fully man. Yep. Okay, there's a couple more. All right. We have polytheism. Polytheism, the word poly means many, theos means God. Polytheists believe in many gods. So Hindus believe in many gods. Mormons believe in many gods. That's polytheism. How about pantheism? Pan means everything. Theos means God. So a pantheist believes everything is God. The trees are God. You're God. I'm God. You know, Buddhism can be pantheistic. Hinduism can be rather pantheistic at times. So it's, it's, it's kind of a new age teaching that you're God, I'm God. We're all part of the collective God consciousness. That's not what Jesus taught. Our Father art in heaven is what Jesus taught. We're not him. Okay, well then as long as you brought that up, let's go through a few things because the Jews don't believe in Jesus, do they? They do not. Right, now, they so might say he was a good man, a good moral teacher, but Jews do not believe Jesus is the eternal Son of God. What do Muslims believe about Muslims? Him? I mean, I just had this discussion a while ago with a Muslim taxi driver, and uh, he was telling me that Jews, uh, Muslims and Christians believe in the same God. I said, I don't think so. And, and he, he said, well, we believe Jesus is a prophet. And I said, yeah, Christians believe he's God. And Muslims do not believe Jesus is God. They believe he was a prophet. 
Okay. They even believe in the virgin birth of Christ, believe it or not. Really? So, yeah, isn't that strange? But, yes, yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. How about the New Age people? What did the, they believe? The, if you go to the uh, New Age churches, which is the Unity Church, uh, they basically teach this, that we're all part of the collective God consciousness. You're God, I'm God. Jesus, uh, Jesus attained God consciousness, but you can too. In other words, um, there's nothing super different between God and us, which is not true. <laughs> Okay, this is a great question, Tom, this next one. If Jesus existed for all eternity, did he have a body before he was born in Bethlehem? The answer is no. He got his human body when he was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Prior to that, he was God with the Father and the Spirit. Okay. But he, Jesus wasn't a human body before he was born in Bethlehem, no. Okay, some people don't believe in the Trinity because they think it's too confusing and they say we should just simply believe in one God. What mm -hmm. do you do with you something know, I, like this? Jackie, I had a long discussion with two Jehovah's Witnesses on this. And what the wife's, a married couple, and the wife said to me, but you know, the Trinity is so confusing. Why don't you just keep things simple and say there's one God? Her point was, let's forget the three person stuff. Well, you can't. Again, if you believe in Jesus' last words on earth, and other places. And so here's the deal, Jack. I said to her, just because something is confusing doesn't mean it's not true. I mean, Jackie, tons of stuff in life is confusing, but still true. I mean, to me, if God made perfect sense, I would be suspicious somebody dreamed up that notion of God. The fact that the Trinity is so mind-boggling makes me think it comes from heaven. And I like the old quote, he who doubts the Trinity will lose his salvation. He who tries to understand the Trinity will lose his mind. Well, there's a little truth to that. It's beyond our knowledge. Well, but the word Trinity is nowhere in the Bible. Yep, that's so what Jehovah's Witnesses say. And our response is, you're right. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. The concept of the Trinity starts in the first paragraph of the Bible. I mean, Jackie, remember the first paragraph of the Bible? In the beginning, God created. That's the Father. And the Spirit of God is moving over the face okay. of the waters. There's the Spirit. And God said, let there be light. The Word of God, the speaking of God, according to John 1, 1, is Jesus. So, yeah, okay, the, the Word Trinity is not in there. The concept goes all the way through the Bible. Okay, this next question, Tom, is taking it off on a different track. Okay. Um, where does the Bible say premarital sex is wrong? Mm-hmm. Because won't people who do this still get to heaven as long as they believe in Jesus? Uh, I had an argument with one of my relatives on this who said, you know, I don't think anything's wrong with sex outside of marriage. I said, according to 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, you won't go to heaven if you're having sex outside of marriage and you live in that and if you don't repent. And her response was, well, as long as you believe and are baptized, you shall be saved. And I said, yeah, but if you're living in sin, you're not believing in Christ. Your, your lifestyle is a, you might believe that he exists, but so does the devil. Uh, so I, yes, and where does, and, and the word fornication in the New Testament, you can do a word search. When it talks about fornication, that includes sex outside of marriage. Read 1 Corinthians 6, read 1 Corinthians 7, where Paul says because of immorality, you know, best of most people get married. <laughs> Tom, what do you say to a person who has trouble believing that they are truly saved? Mm -hmm. Is there mm -hmm. a, a way that you can assure them? Yeah. You know, Jackie, I know I'm saved. Are there days I have doubts? There are. Is I know it I'm wrong for those doubts? Uh, the, whether they're, you know, I think they're human, and I think God has mercy. But I know I'm saved, but 
I have to some days fight that I'm saved because of my sinful thoughts, words, and deeds. Um, here's what helps me fight. There are some scriptures I've memorized that I cling to. First John 5.13, I write this that you may know that you, Ephesians uh, chapter 1, in Christ we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. First uh, John 1.9, if we confess, God is faithful and just to forgive. So Jackie, those are the things we cling to. Taking Holy Communion is a great way God comforts us and assures us that he forgives us of our sins. Being part of a good church, uh, reading the Bible, praying, just cling to the fact that we're saved by grace and not by works, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Where did the creeds come from? Yeah. There's something called the Apostles' Creed, which probably came together about 180 A.D. There's the Nicene Creed, which came about around 325 A.D. The, the, the problem, okay, Jackie... But yeah. shouldn't we be leaving the Bible and not in these man-made creeds? Right. There are some denominations, like the Church of Christ, that, that says, we just believe in the Bible only. We don't believe in these man-made creeds. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> the reason we have man-made creeds is because in the early centuries, there were false teachers contradicting the Bible. So we came up with the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed, which are summaries of Scripture and thoroughly biblical to, de to, de to defend the Christian church against the heretics. So, you know, I, you don't have to say the creed, in the, but even the Church of Christ believes in the Trinity. So, you know, you, you just, I, I think the creeds are helpful. They're, they're a summary of Christian teaching. Teaching. Okay, one more question real quick. What denominations are good Christian denominations? You know, um, here, boy, that's a hard one because used to be, Jackie, you and I are Lutherans. Lutheran church used to be great. And the Missouri Synod is, and, and, the, and the Free Lutherans and other Lutherans, they're still very biblical. The ELCA Luther, Liberal Lutheran Church, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, it's, it's got huge problems now because they're denying Scripture in important ways. That's true in the Methodist Church, the Episcopal Church, the Presbyterian Church USA. So there's, there's still good churches. You can find good churches in them, but find a biblical uh, route instead. I, instead of the PCUSA, go to the Presbyterian Church in America, which is very biblical. So what exactly is a cult? In, I mean, the... Yeah. Is Stay, cults are groups that say they're Christian, but they aren't because they deny Christian teaching the Mormons, the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Christian Scientists, the Unity Church, those would be some cults. Do you think we're in the end times, Pastor Tom? Um, 48 seconds. Do, you know, the Christian Church has been in the end times ever since Jesus rose from the dead. Even the, in the first century, if you read the New Testament, uh, they talk about when Jesus rose from the dead, that did whole something different in, America, in human history. So we've been in the end times since the second coming. Are we in the end end times? I don't know. I don't think God wants us to know, does I, he? Well, I don't think he does. I never thought in my lifetime I would see Christian denominations supporting some of the crazy things they do. Okay, we've only got about 15 seconds yeah. left, and I, I still have one more question okay. that I'd like you to answer. Hit it. <laughs> do we go to heaven when we die, or we do we sleep until judgment day? I think your spirit goes right to heaven when you die, but you wait till judgment day to get your perfect new resurrection body. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Pastor's Study. Thank you for watching The Pastor's Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, 
Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.